And welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host at Michael J. Putty, and we have an action-packed episode for you this week. In a matter of moments, we'll be going over to the Bronx to cover live BCW's A Cold Day in Hell, featuring the nuptials of Sean and Jen. You heard them here last week. They are excited. They are pumped. The feet are not cold. They're nice and toasty. So looking forward to that. But before we do, let's start the show like we always start the show this, this week's wrestling replay. In your house, 10 Mind Games. September 22nd, 1996. The brand new, freshly opened Core State Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in front of a crowd of 15,000. Now, these are the dark matches, all right? These are pretty good matches for a dark match. Jake the Snake Roberts defeated Triple H in 8 minutes, 30 seconds. Farouk with Sonny defeated Mark Merrill with Sable in 6 minutes, 23 seconds. And Psycho Sid defeated Vader in 9 minutes, 10 seconds. Like, what was it? why were they in the dark show? So they're pretty damn good matches. Especially with Sonny and Sable. But now we move on to the main show. Savio Vega defeated Justin Bradshaw in a Caribbean strap match with Harvey Wolfman as special guest referee in 7 minutes, 9 seconds. This was the very first loss in the career of Justin Hawk Bradshaw, ending a year-long undefeated streak. Jose Lothario defeated Jim Cornette in 56 seconds. Talking about a squash match. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog defeated the Smoking Guns to win the Tag Team Championships in 10 minutes, 59 seconds. Mark Henry defeated Jerry the King Lawler in 5 minutes, 13 seconds. The Undertaker defeated Goldust in a final curtain match in 10 minutes, 23 seconds. And in your main event, Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario defeated Mankind with Paul Berra via DQ to retain the WWF World Heavyweight Championship in 26 minutes, 25 seconds. Now, during this pay-per-view, there is an appearance from Stone Cold Steve Austin. I guess he comes out to, like, the Ringmaster music. It was, like, cheesy, classical, boring unexciting theme song. It wasn't the iconic steel glass guitars. So it's weird to see Steve Austin come out with the jacket, the shorts, you know, the whole, the infancy of Stone Cold Steve Austin with this lame music. Music makes it happen, folks. Music is a story of our lives and just proves that uh, you need a cool theme song to get over. And this was In Your House 10 in September of 1996. The very next pay-per-view in October of 1996 was the very first Buried Alive match between Undertaker and Mankind. So this pay-per-view kind of set the stage for that as well. Great pay-per-view. Go check it out on this week's Wrestling Replay. Let's talk about my week. Get a really long, slow week. I take a main thoroughfare from my house to my job, the boulevard. Run across most of Brooklyn, Queens, Nassau, I think. Big main thoroughfare. They're, they're tearing it up, okay? They're digging it up. They're going to repave everything. So not only is my ride to work bumpy, I got to avoid these potholes that jet up out of nowhere to avoid damage to my tires and axles. But this past week, they paved most of it. Half of it, I guess, half of it's paved. But they didn't paint the lanes, any lines. 
It's fucking bedlam. I'm driving to work. It's like the fucking wild, wild west. People are just turning left out of nowhere. People are stopping in the middle of the lane. Not in any semblance of a lane, but in the middle of the street to make a left. Holy sabaskay, it's fucking a pain in the ass to get to work. You think we're so used to lines that we most of us can follow the pattern. But some person was in like the rightest they can be, almost part of the curb. They stopped to make a fucking left. What? There's fucking turning lanes. There's two lanes going east. There's two lanes going west. There's, there's a turning lane in the middle. Fucking get in the middle. Oh my god. I am off this upcoming week. Plan on doing jack shit. Catching up on my DVR. My DVR is packed. I'm boring like the 90th percentile being full. So I plan on doing a lot of damage on my DVR. But hopefully by the time I go back to work, that shit's fucking paved and painted. My blood pressure can't handle this. That's my week. It was a shitty week. Very long. Very slow. Slow week. It was busy. I mean, I don't mind being busy if the days go fast. If I'm busy and the days still go slow, that's fucking insane. Ugh. But what better way to end this week than BCW's A Cold Day in Hell. It's always fun going back home to BCW. Hang out with the man Eric Jade and the Sexy Sane Squad. Green Man going to do commentary. Represent us at a shot of wrestling. Guess he's a beautiful Faye Jackson. And WCW legend Glacier making his BCW debut. Looking forward to meeting Glacier. Like I wasn't a big WCW guy. It's well documented on the show. But for a couple times I did get the video games. I think it was WCW versus NWO. That was a big one, right? For N64. But I always picked Glacier. I don't know why. Glacier's just badass. I wasn't a big Mortal Kombat fan, but when I did, I always picked Sub-Zero. So I think there was kind of a relation there. One reminded me of the other. Don't know who came first. Chicken or the egg. Glacier or Sub-Zero. But those are my guys. So very excited to meet Glacier. Very excited to meet Glacier. But before we do that, before we throw it over to the Bronx, we have some business to get through. We have to get to the news. We have some cheers and heels. But Greenman also is posting a new interview on our YouTube. Check out our YouTube, A Shot of Wrestling. This week's interview is with none other than Anthony Bowens. So Greenman, take it away. Family, welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. If you have not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You can contact us via email at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on A Shot of Wrestling hotline. Now we've said it time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today it's no different today we are joined by a fitness model actor and wrestling's five tool player anthony bowens welcome to a shot of wrestling hey what's up thank you for having me it is truly a pleasure we met recently at impact taping so it was nice to catch up with you there and it felt like the whole new york wrestling indie scene was in that building like the best of the best <laughs> yeah, people started filtering in as the you know the days went by. It was wow, a lot of people here. Uh, when did you hear early on that you were going to be part of that weekend? Um, I think a couple weeks beforehand. I knew at least that I'll be there. I had no idea whether I decided to be working or not until literally the day I got there, or the third day. I was just kind of hanging around, and uh, Dutt came up to me. I was like, "Yep, you're working follow today." I was like, "Sweet." <laughs> Let's talk about wrestling's five tool player because 
You're the perfect combination of athleticism, power, intelligence, the look, and the it factor. And you've made your Impact Wrestling debut. Now, I don't want to call it a gimmick because I don't think, I definitely think you could back each one of those attributes up. But how did you come up with this moniker? So, for I think my biggest issue over the years was trying to find a character or, or something that I can really sink my teeth into that I can present and connect with the audience because in the beginning you know I had the uh, Untouchables gimmick mm-hmm. we were in that little faction and then I was floundering floundering around a little bit without a, a character once that group broke up and then I started doing the Power Rangers thing and Power Rangers thing didn't go the way I wanted to. So simply because I didn't put the effort in, because I wanted it to be an entire in-depth character, but I didn't make the effort to like make vignettes and do promos, like mm-hmm. kind of explaining what the character was about. So it just kind of came off as, I guess, like a nostalgia pop. Like, so I'd come through the curtain, like, oh, that guy's cool. Like, he's, he has Power Rangers gear on. Yeah. And then, thankfully, I'm, I'm a badass worker in the ring, and then people had something to, like, you know, cheer and latch on to because if i sucked <laughs> it would have been it would have been bad but um i wanted to find something that was more me in real mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and something that i can work with and i can be a heel i could be a baby i can have backstories so um i was deliberating each night at my desk trying to figure out something and i happened to be facetiming with uh casey navarro who i've been mentoring since he was like I don't know, 15. He's fully became one of my best friends in the business. He's one of our favorite people to see perform. He's amazing. He's incredible. He's, mm-hmm. he's done a great job, and I'm very proud of him. Um, we were FaceTiming, and sometimes we like do like kind of tape study over FaceTime. Oh, that's and cool. we were just kind of going over one of my matches, and he was like, here comes Anthony Bones. You know, he's a 5 a player. And KC was like, whoa, you should just call yourself the 5 a player. That's a baseball reference. You played baseball. Mm-hmm back in the day and i was like holy crap like you're right and then slowly but surely we started just diving into like what this character was about his mottos his attributes and then i think within a day or two i kind of had everything um i needed to move forward and basically the five tool player is somebody who at one point in time didn't have it all and he worked very very hard over the years to sharpen his tools to become uh, very successful and become the superstar that he is today now the lgbt community is alive in pro wrestling do you get bothered by the fact that this topic will always come up in an interview for you no it's something that i've uh, i guess coming out i knew was going to be a thing every time <laughs> yeah. i do have one of these interviews there's a lot of things that just kind of come to accept that's one of them certain pockets of negativity are always going to be tossed my way. I've accepted that. So it doesn't particularly bother me at this point. Um, if anything, it's an opportunity for me to kind of create more positive visibility mm-hmm. and representation for the community. So I kind of take it as positive. Yeah. I'm, I'm preparing for this interview, i got to be honest. I was like, you know, there's so much more to Anthony Bowens than this topic, you know, and I've talked to a lot of, a lot of other wrestlers in the LGBT community. And I always am challenged myself to, to be like, well, there's so much more that they offer. There's so much more that they give that this shouldn't just be a topic. But like you said, you know, it sometimes does need to be a light needs to be shined on it because there are struggles that you guys go through um, that not everybody else goes through, you know, because there's so many different personalities and you guys are all shining of who you are, being honest of who you are out there and breaking down that stereotype of like, well, if you are a gay wrestler, this is this is the only version of that that you could be. 
Have you given advice to people or have you sought advice for any from anyone? I yeah, I give advice to people. There are eh, maybe a handful of people who've came to me um in the business that are struggling with the same thing and I kind of toss them some words of wisdom. But um I don't think I've really had the opportunity to really look for advice from other people. I mean, I've hung out with uh Fred Ross or Darren Young. Mm-hmm. Once we never really brought it up. It was just kind of like a because there was no need to. It was just kind of like us hanging out. And it would be like in a situation where you just said like every interview somebody asked me a question. Like every time I sit with another LGBT wrestler, like we don't have to talk about right the fact that we're gay in wrestling. Um, so I really haven't really looked for advice. I've been kind of figuring out things on my own as I go along. I've been learning a lot. But yeah, I, I, I do keep in contact with people like Mike Paro, mm-hmm. uh, Jake Atlas on the West Coast, Sonny and I chat, uh, Sonny Kiss chat from time to time. That's really about it. Well, let's move on from it. Out, outside of professional wrestling, what are your passions? I guess outside of vlogging too, what are your other passions? Um, I'm sure Chipotle is <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I, I'm kind of boring now. I used to do a lot of stuff when I was younger. Now I just kind of like... I don't want to say I feel old, but, you know, when I'm not at wrestling or vlogging, Michael and I are just hanging out or I'm with my friends hanging out. And I just like kind of chilling and talking to people. A lot of um, a lot of folks like going out and partying and going to clubs and stuff. If mm-hmm. I'm there for more than like five minutes with that obnoxious music blasting in my ear, like I go nuts. So I, I'm really not in those kinds of situations very much. I like... I think it's maybe the bowl. <laughs> I like playing video games. Um, I'm very big into trying strengthening my acting skills, so mm-hmm. I do a lot of research into that. So, not a lot of going on in uh, at the moment outside of any kind of like entertainment stuff. Well, you say you don't like that pouncing music. What kind of music do you listen to? <clears throat> I'm pretty um, well-rounded when it comes to music. I'll listen to generally anything. But in that specific instance, like if I go out someplace, like to a bar, mm-hmm. I have a drink or something, I want to be able to converse with the people that are sitting next to me. And if the music is so loud and like pulsating that you have to like scream or be about a centimeter away from somebody's ear and still have to scream to be able to like have a conversation, I, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what music playing. I can love the song, but if I can't like converse and have a good time, then it just drives me nuts. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. And uh, video games is what video game are you hooked on right now? Do you got that new uh, WWE game? I do not, because it, um, joining the wrestling business kind of ruined all that for me, because oh. <laughs> as I'm playing, I'm like, well, that doesn't make much sense. Why is he going through this? <laughs> I realize they start analyzing the video game, and it just ruins the entire experience, so I don't even bother anymore. Um, right now, I'm, I'm hooked on Spider-Man. Okay. Um, on, uh, on well, PS4. Well, thinking about that, the, has the wrestling business ruined you watching wrestling like you used to like you know do you see what's going on in wwe programming a little bit differently now um slightly but a lot of these guys are so good that they make you forget Mm. and you become a fan again which i love that's awesome um a lot of the guys in nxt do that and i also enjoy seeing a lot of the people who i've worked with or people who i've considered friends um 
on TV and just doing well for themselves. So it just all that kind of goes out the window anyway. Yeah. Well, we have a big saying on the show, wrestling brings us together. Who are you grateful for that professional wrestling has brought into your circle? I, I can't say one person. It's just I I love my wrestling friends. We have a good group of people surrounding me that, um, like even back in the day when I was struggling with myself before I came out, like my two hours a um, Two hours a night for three days a week with the guys at training were like my happy place, a place mm-hmm. where I can kind of just forget everything and just have fun. So I'm thankful for pretty much anybody who I've come in contact with in the wrestling industry who's helped me out in that aspect or has just been a good friend in general. Yes, maybe Dan Moss would be one of them. Mm-hmm. I think he's played a big, big role in my career just as far as just developing as a wrestler and the aggression behind it. I mean, Pat trained me from scratch, so um, I guess he's the number one trainer guy. But Moff, he instilled that fire and that aggression that I think is so important and what people attach to me as a performer. All right. Now, we captured you today. I'm going to date. go ahead and just date this show. It's uh, on November 9th. Tonight is uh, you have a WrestlePro show, Show Day. Is there anything special <clears throat> that goes on for you on Show Day? I don't like have any kind of superstitions or any kind of thing that I do, particularly beforehand. I usually just wake up and make sure I'm relaxed as possible, have a good lunch so I'm prepared for the day. And then once I get to the building, I kind of you know, I say my hellos and then I just uh, I kind of find a place where I can relax and just be by myself and just focus up on what I want to do or maybe something that I think would be cool for the night. And then once everybody else arrives, that I'll be wrestling, then I kind of just put the match together and let it sink in, and then I go out and have a good match. I know a lot of people have certain things that they do, but I try not to get into any kind of habit. Man, it, it's always been a treat seeing you in the ring. Um, you know, you mentioned the Power Rangers gimmick earlier and how you pretty much just win everybody over when you get to the ring. The first time I saw you, I was like, yo, this guy looks like a freaking superstar. He's coming out. He's huge. He has the big uh, Power Rangers gear on. This guy's awesome. And then you get into the ring, you're like, whoa, this just guy went from awesome to freaking amazing because the things that you do, the way that you captivate an audience is great. So if anybody has not seen Anthony Bowens, I encourage you to to go see you at any show pretty much. Is there anything coming soon where uh, we could catch you at? Well, first of all, thank you for that. Much appreciated. Um, November 17th, Capital Wrestling in Hoboken. I'll be facing Darius Carter. And then the next night, I will be in Rhode Island for what? Which is Wrestling Has It Tomorrow. And uh, the opening scramble, which will be my debut there. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, without looking at my schedule, I can't remember <laughs> what's happening in the beginning of December. <laughs> so, But look out for my social media accounts where I will be posting about all that stuff, which is um, Twitter and Instagram, at Bowens underscore official. And then the YouTube channel is Michael and Anthony. Awesome, my man. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. It's It's been a treat, man. And I definitely look to seeing you in the very near future. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. This is Wrestling 5 Tool player Anthony Bowen. Stay tuned to the end of this episode for Last Call. It's In the News with Michael J. Putty.
This week, folks, unfortunately, we start with some sad news. NWA Hall of Famer Jose Lothario passed away at the age of 83. Former NWA president Bruce Tharp broke the news on Twitter. To which later, the Cauliflower Alley Cub confirmed it. There is no word yet, as of this recording, what led to his passing, but we will keep you updated. That's the reason why I picked In Your House 10 Mind Games. It was the WWF debut of Jose Lothario. I think it was one and only match. I think he might have had one more, but I think this is the only one I really remember offhand. When he squashed Jim Cornette. But we all came to love Jose Lothario because he accompanied Shawn Michaels to the ring at numerous events. So he didn't spend too much time in the WF, but he did make an impact. WWE issued a statement saying, in part, WWE is saddened to learn that Jose Lothario has reportedly passed away at the age of 83. Despite never winning a WWE-sanctioned championship or competing at WrestleMania, Jose Lothario, born Guadalupe Robledo, on December 12, 1934, made a lasting mark on WWE Universe by simply agreeing to train the cocky teenager that was from San Antonio, Texas, who grew up to become the Hall of Famer, Shawn Michaels. So we're here to show the extend our deepest condolences to his family and friends and his fans. Rest in peace. In other news, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Roman Reigns has started leukemia treatment this week. So we extend our best wishes again to the big dog and his family and his journey. Not sure how long it's going to take. Not sure the process. But he started leukemia treatment this week. It's the first step in that long journey to recovery. So get well soon. Good luck. In other news. Last week, we talked about how New Japan Pro Wrestling plans on reaching out to a top few names in the WWE. Well, earlier this week, Tokyo Sports reported WWE reached out to a couple of top names over at the New Japan Pro Wrestling, mainly Tetsuya Naido, sometime after domination back in June, but he quickly turned down the offer. By the follow-up to the story, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that Naido was amongst at least three top Japanese stars that WWE reached out to. No other names were mentioned but they were said to have given it some thought at least before they all turned down the offer. One of those names would have been considered a quote-unquote huge surprise. I'm not too familiar with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let the rumors swirl. Who do you think it was? Who do you want to see from New Japan make their debut in the WWE? I think I'm going to go with Chris Jericho on that one. You know the news. Well, if you're like me, you watching Raw since it's, you know, debut, us old folks, but we are well aware that Raw has the overrun. It runs well past 11 o'clock. It originally started to 11.05, that was to get the extra audience leftovers from WCW Nitro. But more recently, it can go anywhere from 10, sometimes 20, 25 minutes past 11 o'clock. You know, depending on the action unfolds, what storylines are going on, whatever. Well, however, according to a report from Fightful.com, USA Network has informed the WWE that they will now be required to end the show at 11 o'clock sharp. This change is expected to be implemented at the very near future, and possibly even on November 12th, Monday Night Raw. So keep your eye on the clock. That's what's worried about SmackDown. How does SmackDown end? right at 10 o'clock when Raw goes over. I mean, they don't need to go over anymore. There's no competition Monday nights. There's no competition at all. So they can end at 11 o'clock, no problem. They still kept going and going and going. So less Raw? I'm down with that. Plus, it always struck to me like how annoying that would be if you taped the shows after Raw. Like, how do you do that? Because sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 20 minutes. You gotta get fucking screwed. Any fans of Chrissy Knows Best, let me know how you guys what you guys did. Okay? I don't think there's anybody who watches Chrissy Knows Best. But anyway, in other news. One of the highlights of the year, Batista made his grand return alongside Evolution at SmackDown 1000. They set up the long-rumored match between Batista and Triple H at WrestleMania 35. Well, Triple H underwent surgery this past week for his torn pectoral muscle he suffered at Crown Jewel, and he is more than likely now going to miss WrestleMania. Now, speculation suggests that Batista could go up against Randy Orton. That's going to be a main event. No one wants to see Batista against Randy Orton. I don't want to see that match. I want to see Batista versus Triple H. Randy Orton Batista isn't a main event match. Isn't a marquee match for WrestleMania 35? This sucks. Batista wanted to retire at 50 years old. He is now 50. 
WrestleMania 35 was going to be his swan song. Big man, hold off one year, okay? Hold off one year. Hold off to WrestleMania 36 in Minneapolis, Orlando, whatever the fuck it's going to be, and have your match there. Just give me one more year, buddy. Give me one more year. I want to see you go out on top, beating Triple H at WrestleMania, the way you deserve to be, right after you get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I said it. First ballot Hall of Famer, if they even do that. Ballots. In other news, as you all know, Linda McMahon is serving in President Donald Trump's cabinet as a small business administrator. Well, she could be surely filling a new role in the office. According to CNBC, McMahon could replace Wilbur Ross as Commerce Secretary by the end of the year, according to three close sources to the president. Since Trump is favoring McMahon, she had told some of Trump's closest advisors that she will accept the role if offered. Now, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders did not deny the possibility of her assuming that position. Instead, she said it in, like, quote, no personal announcements at this time, end quote. The Small Business Administration did not confirm nor deny these rumors either, but they did send a statement out to CNBC stating, and I quote, Administrator McMahon is proud to serve the president and is focused on advocating on behalf of America's 30 million small businesses. I think there's like 30 cabinet positions, right? Small Business Administration is on the bottom of the totem pole. Commerce Secretary, way higher. Oh, good for Linda. She deserves it. She'll probably kick ass, and we'll keep you updated. This story is for Green Man and Green Man alone, because I don't think anybody cares anymore about CM Punk. After two straight defeats, CM Punk is sticking with MMA, and he has now joined Cage Fury Fighting Championship as a commentator. The promotion did announce that Punk will debut in his commentating role at CFFC 71, which takes place on December 14th down in Atlantic City, which is also the headquarters of CFFC, founded back in 2006. They recently launched its first streaming deal with UFC Fight Pass, and Punk's commentating debut will also be at the promotion's first ever event to be live-streamed. Now, as for Punk returning... To the Ozzy competitor, nothing is in the works, even though he's still under contract with UFC. Punk hasn't stated if he plans on competing again in the Ozzy I feel like the commentary role is better fit for him. Those who can't do, teach, they say. Those who can't fight, commentate. We'll keep you updated. In other news, we were a month removed from our wondrous weekend that was Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory Impact tapings over at the Melrose Ballroom. Well, Impact Wrestling has officially announced it will be back here in New York City for WrestleMania 35. The company will be teaming up with House of Glory for an event titled Culture Clash 19, which will live stream on Twitch from the NYC Arena here in Queens on April the 4th. I would assume your boys here at A Shot of Wrestling, if not at Michael J. Putty, will be there live and in person. When is April 4th? It's fucking Thursday? <sighs> that does suck. That sucks, but we'll figure it out. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. But speaking of Impact, talked about the potential rumors a couple weeks ago when they moved the Impact to 10 p.m., but now it's been confirmed that Impact is reportedly in the process of looking for a new TV deal for 2019. The current deal with Pop TV ends December 31st. So this I just found out through my sources. Pop TV moved Impact from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. That move was not discussed with Impact officials until the week before the change. And many over at Impact signaled that as the end of their relationship. So like I've been saying, hope they find a new TV deal. Hope they find a more mainstream TV deal. A TV channel that I actually have on my network. So I have to watch it on my fucking phone. Do you think the WWE will let NBC Universal pick up Impact? Because they're losing SmackDown. So USA only going to have Raw, but now maybe they could pick up Impact, give it life in the sci-fi network like they could do with SmackDown earlier on. Hell, maybe even keep it on USA Network. I think WWE and Impact have a working relationship now. I'm curious to see where Impact lands. Wherever they do, we will follow them, and we'll let you know where you guys can find Impact. Folks, we're just moments away from BCW's A Cold Day in Hell, which is going to start with the nuptials of Sean and Jen. Love is in the air, my friends, because that's not the only wedding we're talking about. WNXT champion Roger Strong and Maria Schaefer of the Four Horsewomen of MMA 
are now officially married. They got married last week. Congratulations to them. Much love and much happiness in your future. But also, Ember Moon got married last week to independent wrestler Matthew Palmer in what the pictures look like, like a Game of Thrones type wedding theme. That's pretty cool. So congratulations to Roderick and Marina, Ember Moon, and Matthew Palmer. Congratulations to Sean and Jen over at BCW again. Lifetime of love and happiness. Can't give you any advice. Not the married one. Green Man's not here. But I think every maid of honor speech ends with uh, happy wife, happy life. But before we can get over to BCW, we have to get through some cheers and heels. A shot of wrestling presents cheers and heels. That was raw. We healed the destruction of Natalia's sunglasses that were supposed to be of her father, the Anvil. And that was unnecessary. The Riot Squad is over already as bad guys. No one really likes the Riot Squad. What was the point of this? Side heel. What happened to that match? The bell never rang. The referee never made an announcement. It just ended. It was a commercial. Side cheers to the crowd for doing the ref's job and counting out the Riot Squad. So I guess it was a count out, maybe? I guess, sort of? I don't know. Did y'all notice the uh, tag team titles are falling apart? The black back part of the belt is separated from the beginning red part of the belt. They should fix that really quick. That very noticeable and that sucked. Big heel. The crowd chanting, you sold out to Dean Ambrose. How did he, he sell out? Who did he sell out to? What was that about? How? How? Why? Seth Rollins sold out because he decided to align himself with the authority to get a better position in the company. Dean Ambrose did not do that. Dean Ambrose has not sold out to anybody. He just turned his back on his best friend. That's not selling out. Man, oh man. Big cheers. Nia Jax heel turn. Love me some Nia Jax. Some bad, bad Nia Jax. And you know what that means, right? If you've been paying attention to the show for a while, you know my thoughts on heel turns. She's going to come off hotter and sexier now. And she's teaming with Tamina. That's just as awesome. Tamina is just as badass. Those two together are a dominant, powerful, intimidating Twosome, and I am looking forward to see their destruction of that women's division on Raw. And Big Mud, my bad here, Mea Culpa, maybe? Elias will work as a face after all. That crowd was eating it up. That crowd loved face Elias. So maybe I should give him a chance as a face. Probably it's going to work. Now for them, that's all you got for Raw. Uh, much better than last week's horror story that was Raw last week. I mean, still not great. Still not on the level that SmackDown is, but Raw was much better than last week, which is not really saying much because last week's soft ass. Let's move on to SmackDown. Cheers to Miz and Daniel Bryan's being co-captains. Love them working together. Love their dynamic. Looking forward to this for the next couple weeks. Uh, big cheers to yet again another great tag team match with the Usos and the New Day. These guys are gold. This is my rivalry of the year in 2017. The Usos were our superstar of the year in 2017. This match was just awesome. Loved watching it. Very fun to watch. One of the matches of the week. If you don't count Lucha Underground. That's a different story. It was just awesome. And again, I got to change that Becky Lynch promo. Her promos are far better than Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey did much better this week, but she was eclipsed by Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is hitting on all cylinders right now. She's in a great groove, great momentum. And man, oh man, I hope she wins at Survivor Series. Although in my gut, my gut is telling me that she's not. They're going to put over Ronda Rousey because she's the face of the franchise right now. Well, Becky Lynch deserves to win. I hope she wins. Ah, Becky Lynch is awesome. You know, cheers, Nikki Cross's debut. Loved her. I'll play with you, Becky. That was great. 
don't really know anything about Nikki Cross. So I'm hoping she gets more screen time than Sanity has because Sanity is barely on my TV. Sanity has done nothing since they debuted on SmackDown. So maybe there's more room for uh, Nikki Cross to make an impact on SmackDown. But overall, beginning to end, great SmackDown. Very fun to watch. Very entertaining. SmackDown is awesome. This is the A Show. Here we go. To the main event. Lucha Underground, Ultima, Lucha, Quattro, the season finale of season four of Lucha Underground. Let me get a drink for this one. All right, let's start with the beginning. Oh, no, heel. Tayamundo is now possessed by a creepy doll Ricky Mundo is carrying around. What does that mean for Taya? What does that mean for Johnny Mundo? Why can't they just be happy together? So after the Phoenix Dragon Stick Jr. match, Melissa Santos walked out. Papa Cuerto came out and said he signed Shaw Guerrero. I'm sorry, Shaw Guerrero. Guerrero. There it is. Got it. Shaw Guerrero. She filled in for Melissa Santos. Uh, cheers. No, cheers. That's awesome. Good to see Shaw on our TV. Good to see that Guerrero's still being a force to be reckoned with in professional wrestling. She did a bit with Famous B. Chavo Jr. came around. She quoted some of her parents' famous catchphrases. So I'm hoping she's... Uh, Signed on as a wrestler, not just an announcer, because I'm curious to see what she can do in the ring. Man, oh man, the biggest fucking cheers. Cheers fucking ears, man. The Mac. Mil Muertes in a death match. Mil Muertes was in the corner. The Mac went for and fucking hit a coast to coast. That was insane. The Mac, this big heavyweight guy, isn't supposed to fly across the ring like that. That was amazing. The freaking Mac. Great matches. The whole the whole night was fantastic. Oh, beginning to end. That was just a fantastic night of wrestling. Within your main event. Pentagon defeated Marty the Moth Martinez to reclaim the Lucha Underground Heavyweight Championship. Now, like, why give it to the Moth in the first place? What was the point? Why why do that? He the Moth had it for what, a couple weeks? Was it just to set up the new rule for the Gift of the Gods Championship? Because... They're supposed to get a week notice. Marty the Moth changed that. He held a week for a couple weeks and then he lost it. So I'm assuming that's what it was. Marty the Moth was a place filler to promote the new rule for the Gifts of the Gods Championship. Not for nothing, I don't have a problem with that. But man, oh man, man, oh man. Can we just talk about the last seven minutes of that show? Ignoring the first hour and 53 minutes of great nonstop wrestling. Let's talk about the action, the acting, the telenovela, if you will, of Lucha Underground. So Pentagon wins. Pentagon beats Mario the Moth Martinez to reclaim the heavyweight championship. Vampiro leaves commentary to come into the ring to celebrate, but then attacks Pentagon, turns his back on him, starts beating him up. Then some weird, creepy-looking Star Wars Stormtrooper knockoff person came in out of the ring out of nowhere. First of all, I thought it was a woman. Then I know she was topless, so obviously it was a guy. But this young guy is now Vampiro's new master? That wasn't explained. Don't know where this is coming from. But both these men brutally decimated Pentagon Jr. After that already vicious, vicious fight, the Zero Miedo match against Marty the Moth Martinez, but then they finally, but then, oh, snap. But I was talking about with Marty the Moth Martinez, Jack Swagger, sorry, Jake Strong comes down to cash in his Gift of the Gods championship and beats an already lifeless, defenseless Pentagon and wins to become the new Lucha Underground Heavyweight Championship. The show ends with him standing over the body of Pentagon Jr. or Dark, whoever he is on Lucha Underground. 
and erasing the title high above his head. Much deserved. But that wasn't crazy enough. Here we go. Buckle your seatbelts. Aerostar gets the gauntlet back from Johnny Mundo after some convincing. Johnny Mundo did not want to give it up. But then we we're in a creepy basement or a creepy sewer. I don't know what the hell it was. Dragonistica Jr., King Cuerno, Aerostar talking about something. And they agree to do something. I forgot what it was offhand. But they give the gauntlet to some smoking hot Asian chick who I've never seen before. Never seen any flashbacks about her this season. And this fucking chick kills Matanza Cuerto. Side note, in reality, Matanza Cuerto had three more years left on his deal with the Underground, but they let him go three years earlier for some weird reason. And how they do that? They kill them off. This bitch rips this guy's heart out of his chest. But then Dragon Attack Jr. comes out out of nowhere in this creepy sewer. She gives him back the gauntlet, but he's attacked from the back by Jake Strong rocking a suit and the newly won Lucha Underground Championship. He breaks his ankle, reclaims the gauntlet, and leaves. We fast forward to the limo with the powers that be, that black guy who killed Antonio Cuerto, Papa Cuerto, some guy in the dark selling a cigar, that new weird stormtrooper guy, Vampiro's master, Jake Strong comes in with the gauntlet. Apparently, every god has now metabolized in human form. Don't know what that means. Like, I guess there's seven gods, right? There's seven gods? But how many are human form? You have Taya Valkyrie doing that. Sorry, Taya Mundo, not that creepy doll. Who, who's, the other, who's the other gods? There's like six more people left. I don't know. But Jake Strong comes in the limo with blood in his shirt. Whose blood was that? He said Matanza Cuerto. Papa Cuerto looks very distraught and very heartbroken. The man with the cigar, who is darkened, sitting in the back of the limo, leans forward. We see his face. It's fucking Wade Barrett. Bad news fucking Barrett is now on Lucha Underground. And he said, I'm afraid we got some more bad news. What? He drops his bad news line. Wade Barrett is Lucha Underground. And so is Jake Strong, Jack Swagger. Okay. I'm trying to calm down here. Honestly, all seriousness, been loving Lucha Underground this season. But there was no real reason for me to watch next season. Okay? Everything kind of was wrapped up in a nice bow. Take care, Comey and Hair. I enjoyed this year. Enjoyed this experiment. But... Hell, is it even coming back next year? We don't know yet. That ending alone, it was just fantastic. There's this new faction of Papa Cuerto, that black guy who killed his son, Bad News Barrett, Jack Swagger, the weird Star Wars guy. They're the powers that be. They're the force. They have the championship. They got the gauntlet. Man, gotta catch my breath. But then, if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't a cliffhanger for you folks, they flash back to a year ago to Antonio Cuerto's funeral. You see the Papa open the casket to take something from his chest. I don't remember if it was a key. I don't, couldn't tell what it was. He closed the casket, but then Aerostar opens it up, puts this medallion around his neck, and fucking Antonio Cuerto pops up like the fucking Undertaker and goes, holy sh... To be continued, that's how you end the season? That's how you leave us hanging? So is Antonio Cuerto alive this whole season? And if so, where has he been? And who the fuck is he? This is my first season with Underground. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Does he agree with Papa Cuerto? Does Papa Cuerto not agree with how he's been running Lucha Underground, which I assume he hasn't because he had his son killed? Oh, man. So many questions. Not to wait a fucking year. Season 4 of Lucha Underground was taped between February and March of 2018. So I'm assuming we'll know pretty soon if there's a season 5 coming up because you're going to have to tape it pretty soon. I mean, there has to be. If for some weird reason you missed Ultima Lucha Cuatro season 4, do yourself a favor. If you don't know anything about Lucha Underground, just fast forward till seven minutes left, an hour and 53 minutes, and just watch the chaos unfold. Before I got to the studio tonight, 
as I'm preparing myself for BCW's A Cold Day in Hell. I rewatched it just the last seven minutes alone, and now I'm still fucking hyped. Because the Red Bull helps. But man, oh man, Lucha Underground. Oof. Like now, what am I going to do on Wednesday nights? There's no more Lucha Underground. Maybe I'll catch up on Netflix. That's it. Things Season 1 through 3 are available on Netflix, so I might check that shit out. Get caught up on the history that is Lucha Underground. But that wasn't enough. We have Impact, Final Hour. Their monthly, bi-monthly, quote-unquote, pay-per-view special on free TV. Cheers, the official debut of the beautiful, sexy Jordan Grace. We documented it on our social medias, but now it's official. She's now a member of the Knockouts division. She should be fun to watch. And not for nothing, the Knockouts division is just one badass division. You got Jordan Grace, Taya Valkyrie, and Tessa Blanchett right now. Those are the top three right now. Oof. Forget about it. Sign me up. I definitely want to watch. Hopefully on a new network on my TV. I can DVR. I can watch anytime I want. And fast forward to the fucking commercials. So last week I missed the show. I missed three-fourths of the show. But apparently, Sammy Callahan went to Ohio and defeated a fake Brian Cage and won a fake X Division championship. Man, oh man. Well, this week, Cage was not having that. Cage went to Ohio to hunt Sammy Callahan down. They fought in some dirty, dingy shithole indie promotion arena. I forgot the name of it offhand. That was cool. So there's a referee. The bell rings. Sammy Callahan versus Brian Cage. Both are going at it. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's an influx of these indie guys. Ohio indie guys start coming in and beating down Brian Cage. One guy goes to the top rope, hits a flying crossbody. Brian Cage catches him. Another guy follows in suit. This guy lands on Brian Cage's shoulder, almost like he was doing a power bomb. But Brian Cage's hands were both tied up. But the first guy, so how the fuck does this guy land on Brian Cage's soldier? How the fuck did he do that? Fast forward, eventually the number game catches up and they all beat down Brian Cage nonstop. Josh Matthews, though, comes out of nowhere and hits this great quote, quote of the year, compared it to a Thanos Avengers type beatdown. Well done. Well done. Yes, Brian Cage is Thanos. The Ohio guys are the Avengers because they're all teaming up to kick his ass. I'm assuming you guys know what that meant. If you don't know what he's talking about, watch the Avengers Infinity War and watch them kick Thanos' ass on Titan. Spoiler alert? I don't think so. But that match never ended. There was no bell again. Referee never said anything. There was no announcement made. That match just ended. Okay. And then we saw Moose versus Eddie Edwards. That match was awesome. Not only on TV, but in person. I remember watching that match because I wanted to see that match. Came out even better on TV. Like I told you earlier, a couple weeks ago, when we first started watching Impact from Melrose Ballroom. All we got was matches. It was match after match after match. No sequential order. You got match after match, and they just they put it together however they wanted to. We didn't see any backstage vignettes. So this week, we got Allie walking down the stairs with Kiara Hogan, and James Mitchell comes out of nowhere and says it's time for her to live up to her end of the deal. Then Sue Young appears out of nowhere like a hologram, and fucking Allie walks away with both of them, leaving Kiara, the beautiful Kiara Hogan, by herself. Now, what's going to happen with Allie? Oh, man, I wish, I wish I was in Vegas this weekend. Allie is the best thing going on in Impact right now. I said it. Loving her storyline, loving her character. I am all in on this. Cannot wait to see where this goes from here. Wish I was in Vegas this weekend. Cheers, my final cheers. Eli Drake beating down Joseph Park. Claiming it's people like Joseph Park and Abyss who have ruined the business of professional wrestling. Yeah, he's right. You're talking about the hardcore thumbtacks, fire tables, chairs. People lost the art of actual professional wrestling. He has a point. He's the last of a dying breed, and 
you tell by Stone Cold esque promos. It's true. But I remember watching this in person in the VIP section of the Melrose Ballroom. I have to brag it one last time. But side note, Eli Drake's smoking hot wife or girlfriend was there, but she was there with, I'm assuming, Eli Drake's parents. If this had a glow about them, there's a huge smile on her face. I enjoyed watching them watch Eli Drake doing his thing in the ring. It's sad note is that that was the end of our run at Melrose Ballroom. This weekend, November 11th, 12th, and 13th, Impact Wrestling is over in Las Vegas. Taping a couple weeks, probably the think probably the round of the year over in Vegas. Hoping they find a new home in the next year, but what a great week of TV, man. I mean, Raw wasn't great. It was better than last week. It kind of held its end of the month, but SmackDown was great. Lucha Underground was phenomenal, and Impact was awesome. In a word, it was awesome. Wrestling right now, on TV anyway, is clicking all cylinders. Let's get some ratings. This week's Roger at 2.441 million, which is down 1.3% from last week's 2.474 million. Raw was number 11 in the night for viewership behind Monday Night Football, the kickoff, Sports Center at Midnight, and Cable News. Raw was number 5 in the 18 to 49 demographic this week behind the NFL, the kickoff, Sports Center, and Love and Hip Hop. SmackDown this week drew a 2.088 million, which is down 1% from last week's 2.110 million. SmackDown, ready for this, was 24 in viewership for the night behind college basketball, college football, and cable news, which was dominated by the coverage of the midterm elections. I hope you all took my advice last week and voted. Well, you voted Democrat, Republican, Independent, Liberal, Conservative, Working Families, Green Party, Libertarian. Hope you guys voted. SmackDown was number 17 in the 18 to 49 demographic this week behind college football, college basketball, and the election night coverage. Finally found some ratings for Lucha Underground. The season four finale of Lucha Underground drew 60,000 viewers on the Elroy Network, which is down from last week's 62,000 viewers, which is down 58% from the season premiere back in June, which averaged 143,000 viewers. Season four of Lucha Underground averaged 96,227 viewers per episode. Season three averaged around 104,459 viewers. Season 2 averaged 117,148 viewers. But what are these ratings all season long? I've looked for Lucha Underground ratings all season long. Haven't found any. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, season finale, they blow up in my face. But anyway, Impact. Impact this week drew 129,000, which is down 23% from last week to 105,000. This is the third lowest viewership in the history of Impact. But however, glassed half full every week for the last three weeks that Impact has been in the 10 o'clock time slot. Ratings have increased. This week's Impact ranked 143 on the cable top 150. Last week ranked 147. Those are your ratings this week. Now, folks, get ready. If you're a loyal listener, folks, you know I am hyped because this next week, Tuesday, November 13th, is the season premiere of the rating darling, the curse of Oak Island. So much as you have Love and Hip Hop on Monday nights, get ready to hear the number one ranked show on Tuesday nights being the curse of Oak Island. Big things happening this season. Big things. If you have not watched the show yet, I only got into it two years ago, and I didn't miss a beat. So get into it Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock, the History Channel, the curse of Oak Island. DVR SmackDown. SmackDown can wait. Or watch the first hour of SmackDown. Watch the curse of Oak Island and then watch the second hour and 10 o'clock. 
Man, I cannot wait. The Curse of Oak Island. I'm so excited. I am pumped. They found gold this season. In the previews, they find shit. They find gold. Shit is going down this season on the Curse of Oak Island. Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock, History Channel. Check it out. That's all I got from the studios of Omega this week. Let's get ready to go over to the Bronx, New York, to cover BCW's A Cold Day in Hell. Not only are we going to start the night with the marriage of Sean and Jen, we got the King of the Monsters match will be crowned. We got Team Jaden going against Team Glacier. And in your main event, Asriel goes against Darius Carter for the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be a great night. We are all ready to go. So, Putty, take it away. Thank you, Michael J. Putty. Yes, we are here at St. Helens Gym in the fucking Bronx. Crowd has just finished filing in. Doors have closed. Flowers have adorned the ring, getting ready for the nuptials of Sean and Jen. There's electricity in the air. This place is almost sold out, packed to capacity. Look forward to a great night of action here at BCW's A Cold Day in Hell. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today, the beautiful, the sexy, the vivacious, Faye Jackson. How you doing, Faye? What's up, love? You lucky I like you and want to do this interview right now. How you doing tonight? I'm all right. I'm here. You ready for your match tonight? It's against some girl... uh, Say your prayers, eat your breakfast, whatever, whatever, Harlow. So, like, do you prepare for your matches? Because every match you've had, you dominate. Does it? It's just like another day of the office for you. Um, because it's BCW, and I keep telling them, bring me better opponents. Eyes on the prize. Who else? But they Jackson for the BCW Women's Championship, right? I'm already the queen of BCW, so the belt is mine. I'm the queen. I've been here since day one. Day one. Undefeated. Because that other match that happened at the beginning of the year doesn't count if they don't come back. What match was that? I'm sorry. I I don't don't know what match that was. Irrelevant. And it was a non-motherfucking factor. Clark tonight, you don't need it, but... You know I got this. Mm -hmm. Take care. Our first match, here we go. Match is getting underway. Richard Holiday going against Saeed Al-Sabah. Making his New York City debut. Coming out all black. Going with the shield. Bulletproof vest attire. So both these men, you know this match is going to be an instant classic. And what a way to start off this night. Let's see what happens. Richard Holiday walks out with a hard, and I mean very hard-fought win. That's back and forth, close calls, that's close calls, but Richard Holiday, in the end, picks up the victory and walks out. Victorious of the wild. Carrying out some flowers that were here ringside for the beautiful wedding. Uncalled for, un... I mean, you won. Why tear up the flowers? What an impressive showing. Here we go. Shane Fair calling for another applause for the debut of Saeed Al-Sabah. And a uh, very impressive debut. Match number two. Here we go. It's the ace that runs the place, Ace Andrews. Going against the BCW debut of Orange Cassidy. Now, you know who Orange Cassidy is? Very relaxed. Fireman's carry. No sell by Orange Cassidy. This match should be interesting, to say the least. 
in what I guess one would call a hard-fought match. Orange Cassidy defeats the ace that runs the place, Ace Andrews. I guess someone called an upset. Both my chicken hands in the middle of the ring. Ace Andrews drops to his knees, bowing down to the gift, to the town that is Orange Cassidy. Not for long, though. Ace Andrews drops him with a DDT. Fans do not like this. I'm loving it. Love me some Ace Andrews. I mean, how do you follow Orange Cassidy against Ace Andrews? Only one way. We have Chris Dickinson going against a member of the legendary Hart family, making his return to BCW. Teddy Hart is going to be a brutal technical match. Looking forward to this one, folks. Let's see how it goes. And what uh, many, including myself, will consider an upset. Chris Dickerson reverses the final move and rolls him up to get Teddy Hart for the one, two, three. Teddy Hart walks away with the loss here? I am in disbelief. Louie, what are your thoughts? Ah, oh. That's what I said. That is exactly what I said. is underway. Bison teams up with his fellow PCA member Tasha Steeles to go against Yaya the Gifted One and his partner Riley Shepard. Men against men, women against women, men against women. There is no rules in this match. It's going to be a brutal hard-fought contest. Let's see how this one plays out. There was action inside the ring. There was action outside the ring. But in the end, Tasha Steeles hits the cutter out of nowhere. To pick up the victory for the PCA. AJ Penn in the middle of the ring, talking to his guys, raising their hand in victory, reveling, enjoying this moment while it lasts. Up oh, next, we got the uh, match to answer the question who is the king of the monsters? Billy Brash, the wild man Congo. Goes against the Montana Blacks, a three way to crown the king of the monsters to win that beautiful. Beautiful trophy, which the name will be etched in the next following year. Until next year. Until the uh, you know, next King of the Monsters is crowned. But action is going to be brutal and violent. So you know I'm looking forward to it. Let's see how this plays out. Your first ever King of the Monster match, Billy Brash. Yeah, folks. Yeah, folks. We heard that right. Billy Brash. Picks up 
the victory, carries a trophy on to 2019 as king of the Monsters match. Montana Black had him in a precarious arm lock. Then he goes for a spear. He ducks out of the way and hits the cutter out of nowhere on Montana Black to get the victory. Billy Brash, after an impressive debut here on BCW a couple months ago, is now walking away. King of the Monsters. Cannot wait to see what's next here for Billy Brash here on BCW. Folks, we are back for intermission. A little late. Your boy at Michael J. Party had the honor to carry the legendary action wrestling championship title down to the ring. Very Jaden during the team Sexy Saiyan and Team Glacier match, six man tag team match. I had the privilege of being in the corner, not only the current LAW champion, not only our brother Eric Jaden, but the corner of the, the victor of that match. So now I'm back. Instead of my brother, we are back celebrating. We'll pop a little champagne. Let me a little buzz going on right now. But I made it back just in time for my favorite match of the night. We have Harlow O'Hara going against the queen of BCW, Faye Jackson. Let's see how this match plays out. Folks, that pretty much wraps this match up. Faye Jackson, uh, to surprise to none, took Harlow O'Hara to the limits and made her tap out in a Boston Crab. Peter Rosado gets on the mic, but uh, gets cut off by Faye Jackson. Here we go, Mike. Faye's got the mic. Let's see what the beautiful woman has to say. Anthony Cole, president. I am tired of this place. I've been here since day one. I have always put this company first. And you know what? Mr. Monday, Mr. Steve Harvey Suits, Mr. Primetime Show, Mr. A. Cole Bacon Hill. They just didn't talk to Anthony Cole. I don't know the mic. But you know, Mr. Cole's been a little busy leading the Deadly Satan Squad, so he gave me a little, a little up in treat, and he said, Pete, do what you'd like in January of 2019. So here's what we'll do. You want a crown? Yeah. January 18th, right here, all women tournament to crown the first ever Folks, I uh, think you heard it pretty loud and clear there. January 19th, right here in the Bronx, New York. Next time, BCW presents a show, the first show of 2019. They are presenting an all-female tournament to crown the first ever BCW Women's Champion. And uh, 
How do you vote against the queen? Faye Jackson. Is this her torment to lose? Next up, we got a triple threat match here. The Sexy Zane squad. Money boy at Mugger Buddy have made their way back outside to the ring. To support their boy Rick Recon as he goes against Pinky Sanchez. Makes his long awaited BCW return over a year now. We're going to get Sam Shields. Triple threat match. Action's going to be fast. Action's going to be furious. It's going to be non stop. Let's see if we can keep up with this. Surprise to some, but not to many. Ricky Recon brings home another victory for the Sexy Sane Squad. The boys are celebrating in the ring. I think I need to go back in there. Let me go celebrate with the boys and, and revel in this victory. Bell rung. Here we go in your main event. Finally, the wrestling's richest prize, Darius Carter, gets his chance to claim the ultimate prize, the BCW World Heavyweight Championship against the reigning, defending champion, PCA Crown Jewel Azriel. This is a match that I've been waiting for months to see. This should not disappoint. Let's go Darius Carter. I'm here with Louie. Louie, how's it going for you tonight? You having fun? Yeah? Who's your favorite match so far? Yeah? yeah? Who's going to win this match? Darius Carter or Azrael? Yeah, you heard it here first. Azrael from little two-year-old Louie enjoying his birthday cake. Let's see if it uh, plays out. Darius Carter walks away with the victory and the BCW World Heavyweight Championship around his waist. Now, after the match, some controversy. He called in the voice of BCW, Pete Rosado, to get in the ring and to manually put the belt around his waist, which he did. Darius Carter took it a step further and asked Pete Rosado to bend the knee and kiss his foot, which surprisingly, Pete Rosado did. And after that, he was greeted with a code breaker from Darius Carter. Now Pete Rosado being carried out of the ring by Big Cuzzo. Darius Carter now reveling in the victory. Pushing the belt right in the front of Anthony Cole's face as he walks out of the ring. There's a new day, a new era, a new dawn here in BCW. What does the future hold? We will find out in 2019 as the Darius Carter era is ushered in. Here at B. C-W. Well, folks, that wraps another interesting night here at the Bronx at St. Helena's Gym. Interesting to say the least. Uh, we have a new BCW champion, Darius Carter. I wish I, 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 wish I uh, had something to tell you. Uh, oh, Green Man's back from commentary. Green Man, well, how, how are you doing? Um, you had a great night with the uh, Delhi Saints squad, but unfortunately it was not a great night for the AJ Pan agency. So, um, AJ, fill us in on what's going on now. Oh, Mr. Penn, how are you, sir? I'm not doing well. This is complete and utter bullshit. Excuse me, I don't know if that's language is available on your... We'll beep it out. Okay, it is BS what happened. Can you, can you explain to the fans what happened? Towards the end of the match, number one, when the referee was knocked out, Darius Carter hit Azriel with the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. Strike one. Number two, Darius Carter had hit Azriel with the foreclosure. Count of one, count of two, Azriel was put under the ropes. 
should have broken it. Rope break, yeah. Continue. Yes. It was still counted three, and there should not be a new BCW World Heavyweight Champion right now. So it is complete another BS. Anthony Cole's at ringside. He made this match after months of not giving Darius Carter a championship opportunity. He gave in, he gave in to Ransom. When Darius was going to break their golden boy, Casey Navarro's leg, all of a sudden, Darius, you have a title shot if you beat Shug, Shug, Shug Duncan's next, next month. Now you get a championship match, and now you can cash in whenever you like. He gave Darius Carter free reign to this company. This, is, this is, should not happen. This is garbage. My lawyers are on this. You plan to do appeal? Oh, 100%. And I know, guess what, that little showcase at North Carolina WrestleCade? The PCA will still be there. Really? Yeah, champion of champions. Darius Carter is not the champion. Oh, hashtag not my champion. He's not the champion. Asriel is still the champion because he did not defeat him cleanly. It should have been broken up. It was a one-two and it stood on the rope. The match should have been restarted, and that was not a finish. So do you blame the ref here, or do you mean Darius Carter is not his fault? The referee's fault here. I blame the referee. I blame Anthony Cole. I blame Pete Rosado. I blame all of BCW. Why Pete Rosado here? Because he is part of man. He has had this feud with Darius Carter, holding a championship opportunity. Why didn't Darius get an opportunity against Mike Orlando? Why didn't he get one against Joe Gacy? Now, all of a sudden, Asriel's champion, they've had it out for the PCA as well as Darius. I know that. They've played us against each other for months. Whew. Looking at back at it now, I mean, Asriel had a very impressive title run, though. Many people thought he... will be going on. He beat Jack Swagger last month soundly. Sonny Kiss? Sonny Kiss, Papa Don, Richard Holiday, laundry list of people. Darius Carter, no, nothing, no slight against Darius. But he needed a belt shot to win him and get, beat him, and guess what? His foot was under the rope, so he did not beat him. I saw that. Yes. Three men here. A lot of controversy at the end. It's 100% controversy because the match should have still been going on. And he banned the PCA from ringside. If I was at ringside, I would have woke that stupid ref up and made sure he saw the foot on the rope. Hey, technically, technically, you were at ringside. But I couldn't be with Asriel as I always let's, am, leading him and cheering him on to victory. Let's talk about the ill moves of one Shady Ray Torres. He was completely off on that match. Darius Carter choked out Asriel with flowers. Why was that a DQ? That's one. Um, he completely ignored the, the 10 count. Yes. Um, he clearly saw Darius Carter hit Asriel with the championship, but he decided to go ahead and count. Yes. His shoulders down. I mean... This whole night, I, I think BCW management needs to reevaluate the referee and really con- reconsider the senior official. He's in Cole's back pocket. Anthony Cole has it out for the PCA. Ever since we got rid of his Golden Group Federated, he's had it out for us. But now, Chase Torres went down. Shouldn't a new referee have come down to the ringside? Why were no referees? Yeah. That's, that's, another thing. that's a very good question. Why weren't there? Were they back? Were they told not to come if something happened? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conspiracies going on. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. But Azriel in my mind, is still the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. And guess what? Rosado, Cole, we're interrupting your little showcase at WrestleCade. It's not going on as planned. There has to be a rematch. This should be a rematch. There shouldn't be a rematch, but we're, 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 we are, I can't, we're messing up your showcase, and we will invade. Another invasion here at BCW. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler alert. If you think law invading BCW something, oh, you haven't seen a pistol of PCA. Deadly Sands, I like Eric Jaden, but you haven't seen a pissed-off Pants Corp agency. You saw a brief glimpse of it at the end of the Federated feud. You've taken our property. Now there's an issue. And on that note, have a good night, Mr. Penn. All right, I'm here with, somehow, Pete Rosado. Pete, uh, how you feel? That's a nasty cold breaker from Darius Carter here. I got a bloody nose and... Um, a little they, banged up, yeah. They said that um, I have a slight fracture in my septum there. Uh, it's... Um, I'm, I'm banged up, man. I'm, I'm hurt. You gonna be okay? I'll be all right. Uh, my pride is really what's what's hurt the most. Yeah. What made you kiss his feet? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I. <sighs> Darius is a very scary individual. 
I know. So it, it, at that point, it's just, uh, you know, had to, I wanted to try to just get away from what we, I, I put the title on him like he wanted to, and I thought that was going to be it, and he just decided to take it further, and, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional wrestler. I'm not an in-ring competitor, and I've said that many, many times. And Darius just took it somewhere that he shouldn't have taken it. You bent the knee and kissed his foot. When he came back up, he said, maybe you guys can work together now. After what happened, is there any chance of a working relationship between BCW and the PCW champion? Darius Carter is the BCW World Heavyweight Champion, whether I like it or not. Um, you know, BCW management and myself, we have to, as the liaison to BCW management, we have to find a way to work with Darius Carter. Uh, we just hope that Darius Carter can can come to the table in good faith and, and work with us in good faith and, and be a fighting BCW World Champion. And it's going to begin uh, apparently at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Pete, rest up. Thank you for your time. Put some ice in that nose. Great night tonight, though. Outside the uh, end game, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. See you next year in 2019. I thought we're wrapping things up here. I'm with the Eric Jane, the sexy Zane. How are you, my friend? I'm tired. <laughs> Rough match? Yeah, it was actually a rough night, but you know what? It was a successful night. Nelly Sane Squad came in victorious. Yes, we did. Too. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. You know what? You know what I loved? We had the debut of the Putty Sane. That's right. That was awesome. Got a lot of positive feedback tonight. I did. You know what? And some people told me, they goes, who's that big dude? And they said you looked like, like very menacing. Was that true? I heard that, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know, know. but that's what I've been told. Well. I said, well, you know what? When you're part of the Delhi Sane Squad, you always met Pretty menacing, you know? You got to be. Hopefully, it'll be uh, 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 another time for me. Huh? I believe so. I believe so. Both in BCW, maybe LAW. Come maybe LAW? Yeah, I know. I know. I got, the ho- I got Hollywood. Hollywood's saying. I know, I know there might be a little competition with Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Good night. Two for two. Deli Saint Squad. And this fucking place is flea infected. I know. It's been all over the place. But you know what? This is our last show in the fucking Bronx. Is it? I, that's, I believe so. It's our definitely the last show. Fuck the Bronx. Fuck the Bronx. I know. I really hate it. We don't ever want to come back here again. Let's go back to Queens. Well, there's a bar right there. Oh, God. Queens, Elf Lodge, people. Michael J., I'm happy. And I'm tired. How about, let's go grab a drink. Let's go. Before we go home, let's talk to the champ. The champ is now here. Darius Carter with the gold around his waist. How are you feeling tonight? How do you think I'm feeling? It's a silly question. Wrestling's richest prize. The father of change. BCW world champion. And this is a good business move here because this is what this company needs. This company needs a company man. This business needs a business man. There's too many people playing wrestlers. There's too many people playing worker. It's time that you have a guy that continuously proves he's the best. I mean, I have the best win-loss record on the roster here. We're just being honest here. Wins and losses do matter in 2018, kids. Don't fool yourselves. All right, you lose, you go to the pay window, you get less money. You win, you get paid more. You're a champion, you get paid more. We're going to shake things up here because I'm sick and tired of the wannabe corporate drones that don't actually know what they're doing. I am the corporation. I am the authority. If BCW wants to jump, I get to determine how high. I'm tired of having to scratch and claw to get cheated, and then I got to go all the way to the back of the line. I can win two times in a row, and then the 11th time some mishap happens, and I got to wait again. No more. The independent scene, ugh, well, everyone's doing the same thing. All these guys do the same flip, do the same jump, look the same, come out to the same music. I am different. Quite frankly, I'm above it. And I am sick and tired of having to tell people, to show people. Now people will see it. Now people will come to me. They will pay to see Darius Carter. And they will see why BCW follows DC. Darius, thank you for your time. Go celebrate your win. I'm looking forward to 2019, the era of Darius Carter. Excellent. Don't tell me what to do. I'm here with uh, 
Shane Fair, Shane, how was uh, tonight in your eyes? This was probably one of the greatest nights for this company in this company's history that I've been witness to. This was a very special evening for the company and for the fans alike, the BCW faithful. Start with that wedding. How'd that go? That had so many moving parts and so many uh, little nuances that I'm so happy and I'm uh, pleasantly surprised that it went off without a hitch. Uh, Did it, though? So to speak, <laughs> without a hitch. Well, I guess maybe not a hitch when your wife gets called a $5 whore on the night of your wedding. Uh, not the ideal thing you'd want as a groom, but I think all in all, even given that, it went pretty well. How about the rest of the night? Let's fast forward to the end. Okay. No, let's, let's, let's fast forward to the middle. My uh, debut as a manager, yeah. as a valet, so yeah. I don't know what you to call me, but uh, for the first time you're here again. Yeah, you, oh, oh, I'm sorry. What? It's fine. No, it's oh, fine. no, no. That's no, fine. Um, yeah, you announced me for the first time ever. How'd that go? How, how was that feeling? Oh, it was an honor. You, you know, you forgot the J. I did. I said oh, J Putty. Yeah, you're right. He said, I he did he forget. He said Michael, Michael Putty. Putty. I know. I did forget the J. Oh, man. How'd I do? My first time. You did very well. You were a little intimidating. Uh, you made sure everybody saw that LAW belt nice and up close. I uh, think I had it smooshed against my nose at one point. A couple times, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all right. Now, let's go. And Darius Carter. Becoming a new BCW oh, champion. You know. And then attacking Pete Rosado. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? They threw every obstacle they could in front of Darius's path. What was a year now? For a year, exactly. Uh, it all started with he was the only one that had to qualify for the BCW Heavyweight Championship Tournament. So there was obstacle after obstacle thrown in his path. And not only did he overcome them, I think all it did was make him more angry and more savvy. Oh, I haven't seen that side of him in a long time. No, that was ferocious. That was uh, that kind of went back to uh, the semifinal round in the tournament when he fought uh, Mike Orlando at the time and really viciously attacked him. So, uh, he's very, I mean, Darius is vicious as it is, but to see a, a more, even more vicious side is alarming, but we saw it tonight. Now, BCW isn't your only home. Where else can we find Shane Fair announcing? Um, Ironbound Wrestling Alliance. Tomorrow I'll be at Warriors of Wrestling uh, for Intergender Warfare. Uh, next week I'll be at New Evolution Wrestling in Queens, New York. So... You know, there's, I'm out there. You come see me. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, well, you can find me at World's Fair Production on Instagram, at Shane Karma on Twitter, and just good old Shane Fair on Facebook. Appreciate it. Look forward to next time. As always, Michael J. Putty. I didn't forget. There it is. Thank you so much. What a uh, crazy night here at BCW's A Cold Day in Hell. We had weddings. We had Brutal fights outside the ring, brutal fights inside the ring, and we had a championship change hands here. I am now joined by the Boulevard Bullies. Bullies, uh, how'd you guys enjoy the night tonight? I enjoyed the night so thoroughly. I'm a little upset that we didn't get to see Brian the Sound Guy versus Orange Cassidy. However, I am extremely, actually ecstatic that Darius Carter won the BCW World Heavyweight belt. I'm going to just call it a belt on purpose. I think we're the minority here. I think we're, we're the only two like cheering for him. You know, uh, I have been a fan of Darius Carter for a long time. I think that anybody who commits themselves so fully to just being such an asshole is so cool. Um, you know, if, whether that's a reflection on myself or not, I don't know. I'll let you decide. But Darius Carter, I'm a huge fan. I love when he kicks the shit out of Shady Torres, who, by the way, was probably the world's worst referee tonight. Should have been a double count out about four times over. Michael J. Putty, let's talk to you about your managerial debut tonight. Right. Thank you. I don't want to mention that, but yeah, thank you. 
Yeah, uh, let's go ahead, because you know Green Man's not going to mention it. Of course not. He's all, about, he's all about Green Man on commentary. Right, Green Man's just going to talk about all his things that he did on commentary and just talk about the things that he said on commentary. Appreciate that, I, thank you. I want to know how your managerial debut, that was your first ever time as a manager, and you know what, you looked pretty good as a heel manager. I felt comfortable doing it as well. You know, you're a, natural. You're a tall guy. All you have to do is be stoic and tall and hold the belt. The sport coat finally makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment. Right. And you know what? You dress for the job that you want, not for the job that you have. And finally, that sport coat has the job that it's always wanted, which is being a heel manager. I love the way that you were holding the belt. I wanted you to try to go over the top rope uh, when you got in. But I, as you got in underneath the top rope, I realized, you know what? As a manager, like it, it's, it's cool that you're tall and a manager, but the manager can't go over the top because then you open up the door for all different types of things to happen to you. I've shadowed my man. Right. Exactly. So I like that. I like that you went in under the second rope. Yeah, and I was I was pretty happy with your managerial debut. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Now, a lot. Did you give any like coaching or advice either before, during, or after the match to your clients? The uh, what is it? Insane. Uh, Deadly Sane Squad. Yeah, Deadly Scion Squad. We got them together. I tried to do that, but they told me to shut up because they had everything under control. So they said that you had it. They had everything under control. Just stand there, look pretty. Insane Clown Posse or in, something. Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, yeah uh, I think that was it. That's not even close. But that's yeah. not even close. That's close. That's Steve here from Boulevard. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. Everything that uh, Pat said, I agree with. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take that Consideration. And uh, also, your jacket's great, so uh, I apologize for every time I used to make fun of it. It was quite a lot. It was quite a lot. But finally. What was, what was your favorite match of the night, Michael J. Putty, besides the one that you managed the, them to? You managed them to victory. So I'm one and one. I'm betting a thousand. Should I retire now or keep going? Uh, one and one, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. And by the way, just as we're talking right here, about 20 minutes after, the, the ring is pretty much broken down. We have Darius Carter, the new champion out here. With the towel, with the with the championship belt, just living it, and that's why I've always been a fan of his. Me because too. for the last few years, anytime I've seen him at the bar, he's been a dick. He's always a dick, and and you know, like it's just great, and I appreciate him for it. Hey, do you think that Darius Carter is wearing two pairs of underwear? Yes, yes. He's wearing double underwear. Right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. He has one pair that's very very high up to the belly button, and then he has another pair of normal the sport. I see. You know, if I was if I was an underwear wrestler, meaning an under trunks, <laughs> meaning a wrestler who wore trunks, yeah, I would probably double it up as well. Can you please explain to me what you mean by underwear wrestler? An underwear wrestler is a wrestler who exposes his thighs. Well put, very, very adult put. Now, back in the days of the Elks Lodge, me and Darius Carter took a picture together at the bar. And next time, take a picture. He said it would be with, when he won the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. So, folks. That pretty much wraps things up. We're going to hunt Darius Carter, take our picture. So for everybody here at BCW, for Sean and Jen on their nuptials, I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next time, Putty out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. Oh. All right, everyone. We have made it to the end of this episode, and it's last call. We're still here with Anthony Bowens, wrestling's five-tool player. Anthony, it's rapid-fire questions. The first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? Oh, God. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, what is your favorite adult beverage? Uh, Long Island iced tea. What's your favorite TV show? Three's Company. Name one thing on your bucket list. Uh, very random. Outside of wrestling, I want to be a celebrity judge on something like an X Factor or a... 
American Idolish type show. <laughs> oh wow, that's pretty cool. All right, uh, what do you eat on your cheat day? Uh, bacon cheeseburgers. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Uh, baseball. What song do you like to sing at karaoke? I hate karaoke. <laughs> Whoa! All right. Who was your markout wrestler growing up? Probably Jeff Hardy. Who is your celebrity crush? I really don't have one. People ask me that a lot. I just, I one, I'm terrible with like people's names, other than like <laughs> the super, super, superstars. And like, oh, did you see that movie with, with I don't know. That's all right. Yes, could, I really don't have one. You know what? You could be the celebrity's favorite celebrity crush. How about that? Ah, I like that. Um, and finally, Anthony, before I let you go, what is on your New Year's resolution list? Um, well, I want to wrestle every weekend. I'm trying to get on another magazine cover. I want on my YouTube channel to hit 100,000 subscribers. Uh, from an acting perspective, I want to book another, or I want to book my first speaking role in a TV show because I've mostly done commercials. And then, uh, the ultimate one is to, you know, sign a little contract with some uh, TV company. But <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> one man. step at a time. All right, Anthony, you have survived last call. Thank you so much for joining us on A Shot of Wrestling. Thank you very much. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>